Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast, where we help you to leverage a video podcast to build your personal brand, your business, and to get paid at doing what you love. Whether you want to listen to experts in their field and how they built their businesses and scaled them with social media, or hour-long solo podcasts where I just drop as much knowledge as I possibly can. If you want to learn how to leverage a video podcast to grow your business and get paid doing what you love, this is the podcast for you. Today we are talking about how to build and set up your podcast studio, your video podcast studio to be exact, because there's so many businesses, so many thought leaders that want to make an impact, want to build a business, want to build an audience. And so, you know, we hear people, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to name some names, but you'll, you'll recognize the advice when you hear it, uh, to be on every platform, to post 80 times a week, to uh, be on every platform that you can. And while that advice does work, depending on what stage you're in, the better advice is to really master a few things. If you're watching this this podcast episode, uh, you'll see here that I actually just switched camera angles and all I had to do is press one button. And I have it set up in here that you know I have multiple cameras. Um, sometimes I actually have three, but I wanna use my phone as a camera as well. And I love this setup. Is it necessary? No. Is it overkill? Eh, maybe, it depends on what your your purpose is and, and what you're trying to do. For what I'm trying to do, I wanna help you make better looking, better sounding videos and you know build an impact with your video podcast. This is my dream, this is the studio space and you know the look that I've been wanting for a really, really long time. So I wanna help you to get the sound that you're looking for, to get the look that you're looking for and to help you build your, uh, your video podcast. So the first thing that we need to talk about is when you're building a video podcast, you need to have incredible sound. That is the first thing because when someone comes to your podcast, if it's, you know, if you're doing a video podcast, likely you're posting a list, at least on YouTube, if not somewhere else, you know, I like to stream my podcast episodes. I'll stream them to Amazon live because I love showing up on Amazon live and it's a lot harder to find the episodes on Amazon live as far as search goes. And so I don't feel like I'm, I'm taking away from those who watch the podcast episodes on YouTube when they release or listen to them on you know, whatever your favorite podcast software is because while they do come out maybe a week early, um, sometimes even more than that, unless you follow me on Amazon Live, you're not gonna know that. Um, it's not searchable on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or any any platform really. You're not gonna see, and this, this wasn't true with my first episodes because I didn't quite have a good schedule planned out since done that and that's that's something else we'll talk about here in a minute but I, I like to live stream it. And so if you're live streaming, there are, there are different things that you're gonna have to do to show up on those platforms. But if you're just recording it, you're, you're going to want a couple of things. So let's start with your sound. How you show up with your sound is essential because you know, getting back to my point, on YouTube, if you're watching the video podcast, usually what happens, and, and this is, it's kind of frustrating because of the psychology of this, but if there's no video for the podcast, you will probably click off. You probably won't watch. You probably will leave because on YouTube, you're expecting at least good looking video. It doesn't have to be amazing, but it needs to be good enough that you're okay with it. And if you're, you know, it's a podcast, it's a long video for me, I pay for YouTube premium. I know a lot of people that pay for YouTube rev, whatever you're paying for, <laughs> you like to listen to podcasts, you'll have the video on for a couple of minutes and then you turn it off. And the only time you'll turn it back on is if they say, Hey, you'll, you'll want to watch the video or, Hey, I'm doing this on video and um, I'm, I need to do better at this and narrating. Hey, you know, I'm switching camera angles and you know, that's, I actually did just now. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you saw, if you aren't, you can go watch it there. But if not, you're not really missing out on too much. Just maybe, you know, different, different side of my face. <laughs> um, 
and some of this might be important to watch as we go through how to set up your podcast studio, but you're really going to get all the value you need just by listening. And so that's how your podcast needs to be set up. You need to be able to make sure that no matter what platform someone is watching or listening on, they have a good experience and sound is common to all of the platforms. If you don't have good sound, people can't listen for an hour. They can't listen for half an hour. In fact, often people will click off within the first couple of minutes because we're making that snap judgment call in that first minute when it's a shorter video, when you're showing up for, you know, six minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes. So you have a shorter edited video. People make snap judgments much more quickly when it's a podcast, you know, a podcast channel, when, you know, finding on your favorite app, you have a little bit longer, um, on YouTube for me, at least I, I should probably do a poll on this. See what, see what everyone thinks, at least in my audience. But I think if you click on an hour long video, I'm going to give it a minute or two to really prove its worth. And if it doesn't do that in the first minute or two, then, then I'm out. And I think that's the same with a lot of different platforms where you, you kind of give this subconscious percentage of how much time you'll watch. And so for a TikTok video, I'll watch my wife on TikTok and most of t the TikTok videos that she likes to watch are under 30 seconds. So if it doesn't catch her in the first two seconds, she's gone. And that's not to say anything about her. That's just the psychology and the, you know, framework mentally that people are on TikTok with because very, very short content, very, very quick. And if you don't hook them in immediately, you're, they're gone. YouTube's a little bit different. Podcasts are very different. And so you need to understand that. So great sound can hook someone in starting your podcast off, right? Unlike I did this one this morning. Um, you know, if you're listening, you didn't hear how I messed up the intro this morning cause I, I changed it, but having consistency that way and making sure that they know, Hey, this is the right show. This is where I'm supposed to be is important. And having good sound and a, not only a familiar sound, but a consistent sound is important because I do have 20 different microphones here in the studio. But if I were to change the microphone, I used each show, you would get pretty tired of it because it's not consistent anymore. You know, if you go to your favorite restaurant and order your favorite dish, whatever that might be, and they maybe add less salt this time or add more salt this time. And it's not the same as the time before it's not consistent and it throws you off a little bit and it's mostly the same, but it's, it's slightly off. You don't know what it is. And that's the same with a microphone, have a consistent sound. Most of you don't have 20 microphones, so you don't need to worry about this, but my, advice to you would be to do, do some research or hire someone. I mean, I, I love helping people set up their, their studios. I'm not saying you need to hire me, but find someone who knows what they're talking about and get some information and then don't just buy whatever they recommend Buy multiple. Um, the best decision I made when setting up my video podcast studio was I bought $3,000 worth of microphones. That was only, I believe it was four microphones. Maybe it was five microphones. Um, was I going to keep all of them? No, I did not plan on keeping them all, but I had with, you know, I had done about 30, 40 hours worth of research. That's how my brain works. That's normal for me. So if that's not normal for you, don't, you don't have to do that. Um, a couple hours, I'd say two, three hours minimum, but you don't have to do 30 to 40 hours. Like, like my brain likes to, um, but then I bought the top microphones. I was like, I, I have, you know, these four or five categories and I feel like all of these would be good options and I don't have a set you know, sound store near me, a store that I can go test these microphones out. So I'm just hop on Amazon and order them. And I was, you know, the reason I did that is because I needed to be able to test. If I can't test all of these things, well, what's the point? I don't know how it sounds on my voice and my setup because 
you know, you're going to have an audio interface. We'll talk about that here in a second. You're going to have different things. And if you don't know how it all sounds up for you specifically, an enter or a review video is not super useful. It, it will be a little bit, but maybe your space isn't treated. Maybe it is treated. Maybe you have a deep voice or high voice. Like there's so many different factors that go into this that you need to find what you like and find a sound that works for you. So there are a couple of things that I would suggest. Doesn't matter what you're buying, who you are, anything like that. Like these are the things you need to look for. But other than that, you're going to have to find find what you like. And maybe you like that answer because it gives you the freedom and creativity to find what you want. Or maybe you hate that answer because that means you then are responsible for your own results. And you can't blame me when it does or doesn't go the way you want it to. So a um, couple of things here. So number one, when it comes to sound, the type of microphone you purchase is more important than how much you spend on it. Now, when you find the right microphone, the right type of microphone, spending more, depending on where you're at, can absolutely give you better sound. It doesn't always mean better sound, though. I had a $600 pencil microphone, and that's a microphone that you will you'll boom out of the frame of the camera, so you can't see it, and it picks up sound, but it didn't have the sound profiles after. It didn't sound nearly as good as the microphone you're hearing now, which the microphone you're hearing now is a $450 microphone. When you have the, you know, I, I have a little shock mount with it, and, um, you know, it sounds, I love this microphone. It sounds phenomenal to my ear. I actually did a post recently on uh, LinkedIn, a couple of social media platforms. It's like, rank these for me. I'm, I'm very curious because I have, I have six new microphones from Heil um, Sounds, which I absolutely love, and then I had a couple of other ones, and I, I threw my least favorite microphone in there, and a lot of people liked my least favorite microphone. But the thing here is the thing that you need to remember. People are listening to your podcast on headphones, which all have different sound profiles. They're listening to it on their computer speakers, on their phone speakers. They're listening in a lot of different places, maybe their car. And so how you sound based on your microphone is going to be different based on how they're listening. And so you know, my favorite microphone was mentioned probably the least, but it sounds the best on high quality headphones it doesn't actually sound the best on the speakerphone um, also my room sound treated and so the worst sounding microphone sounded the best to some people although if they were to use it in their space it would it would not sound that good <laughs> so um you know, the point being is that you know the 120 dollars microphone was the favorite of some people over a 450 dollars microphone and that 600 dollars pencil microphone i didn't love because it, it wasn't what i was going for so just spending more doesn't doesn't mean anything. You know, I have a two hundred and sixty dollar microphone that I like ten times more than that six hundred dollar microphone. So, um, do you need to spend a ton? Eh, maybe we'll talk about it. But just spending more doesn't make it better. So find find the right type of microphone for you. If your podcast is one of the main things you're wanting to do, I would recommend that you go with a dynamic microphone. Um, you'll you'll see a couple of different types when you're shopping. You'll see condenser microphones and you'll see dynamic microphones. The reason I recommend and suggest a dynamic microphone is you're going to get better sound rejection. So if you have kids playing in the background, you have AC going, you have cars or trains or planes going by your house, it's going to reject a lot more of that noise and it's going to give you a better experience that way uh, because you're going to sound good and it's just going to be much better that way. So I would say that that is one thing that I can kind of across the board say, hey, here's a better option. Now, is that best for everyone? No, um, especially if you have a sound treated room and you want a specific sound. You know, I'm not really talking to you because you kind of, you know a little bit better, but I would start 
with a dynamic microphone. And honestly, I have a really, really nice condenser microphone. In fact, it's, it's about the same price as the microphone you're hearing now. And it sounds phenomenal as long as I'm in my sound-treated room, the AC isn't going, and my kids aren't playing in the next, you know, the living room next door. So <laughs> if any of those things happen, you can hear it. Um, and while it does still sound phenomenal, you're going to get a lot more going on here. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's important to be able to, um, you know, get the sound that you're looking for. Um, and also video, we have a, you know, I am live here on Amazon. We had a comment and they, they like the uh, secondary angle that I have going on here. They said it's like an interview and that was kind of the point. I wanted to set this up. We'll talk about my video setup, why I have it the way I have it. And, um, when we get to that point, you might want to watch on YouTube, um, get the video podcast, but I will, I'll explain everything. Make sure you're not missing out on anything. Okay. So dynamic microphone, better option. Do you need to spend a lot? Should you get XLR or USB-C? If what I'm saying is going over your head, don't worry, we're going to explain it. Um, So there are two different types of connections that you can get with your microphones. One is USB or USB-C, and that is, I mean, most of you should know what that is. If you're using a computer, you know what the plug is. What are the pros and cons of that? The pros are the cost. The cost is much lower. You don't have to buy additional things. It's cheaper to manufacture those types of microphones. So cost is down. The cons to that is the sound and the control. So I actually have one microphone. Um, it's the Samson Q9U. Fantastic, especially if you want a starter microphone. It's great. It'll do USB-C. It'll also do um, XLR. So you can plug the two different types of connections in. And it really does sound good um, with either. The problem is with USB-C, you get lower quality of the audio. And you have to, like boost the levels as high as you can volumize with it coming in because it's really quiet because it isn't a dynamic microphone. It's made, you know, to be hooked up to an interface. Um, but they have designed it so that it does work with USB-C. It just, it's not the best solution. And I don't know that I've ever heard someone say, Hey, my USB-C microphone sounds way better than XLR given everything else is the same. You know, you're using a good technique using the microphone. You are, you know, you, you have everything set up properly. I don't ever hear that. And I could be wrong, um, but but I I haven't experienced it with you know the I'm trying to think of how many microphones I've tested in my career you know maybe 30 so not a ton but good enough that I know what I like and what I don't like and I, I've yet to find one that performed as well um, that way so um, Samsung Q9 Neo it could be a good option if you're like hey I I don't have a ton of budget I want to start with something I can scale into you could get that you could use USB-C now and then as you grow you can buy an XLR you know audio interface and I know for some of you that sounds intimidating I'm going to talk about the simplest easiest to use one it, it really it is it's super simple um, but then you could grow and when you're able to purchase some of the other stuff you could get XLR and then use that microphone with the XLR and if you like it you don't need to replace it but if you do want to replace it at that point you've had something that has carried you through to getting you know whatever it is that you want so um, I will say that I wouldn't start with just a USB-C microphone or USB microphone unless you have to. Um, most of them are condenser microphones and they still sound as good and it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you to get that great podcast sound that people are going to listen to for you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes, hour, two hours, three hours if you want to <laughs> be like Joe Rogan, just, just go all out. Um, I don't even know how long his, his episodes are, I'm sure. I know some of them are just three, four hours, which is crazy. Um, but he can do that because he has a microphone that people will listen to. Um, and so the other thing that you're probably going to do here is say, well, the top podcasters all use SM7Bs. 
not all of them, you know, most of them, whatever. Uh, that sound is, it's a good sound. I, I don't prefer it. It's not my favorite. There are three microphones <laughs> that I would buy before I'd buy an SM7B. That said, I've never owned an SM7B. It is on my list, but I have so many other microphones that unless Sure reaches out and says, hey, we want you to test this because you've tested so many other microphones and we want ours to be in the mix, I'm probably not going to get one because I, I just have so many other microphones that I, I enjoy and that I like. And so that said, you know, find find what you want. Don't Don't do what the most popular podcasters are doing. You know, in fact, I watched a podcast when I was first getting everything set up and I was like, Ooh, that sounds amazing. I want that microphone. It was a $1,800 microphone and that doesn't include anything to actually set it up and listen to it. And I'm like, I'm whoa. Okay, cool. That's 10 steps backwards. That's way above my budget. Um, so don't, don't just copy other people, figure out what you like, go back to my advice and, and do some research and then buy several microphones um, and, and test them, record, listen to sound samples side by side. The, per the mistake that I made was I didn't do that well enough and I actually sent back my, at the time it was my favorite microphone and I kept one that was probably second. I don't know how I'd rank them now. I'd probably need to, to get it again, but yeah, find, find what you like. So uh, next thing, if you are going to get XLR microphone, you need an audio interface and I'm going to make this super easy for you because I've tried a couple, I've researched it and they are, there are some companies, in fact, I should probably reach out and, and see if I can get some of the newer audio interfaces that are simple and easy to use. And just anyone, anyone who knows how to use a computer can use these. There are very, very few of them. Most of them are built for people really trying to do audio, but the Wave XLR by Elgato is actually a really good option. The, you know, that was the second audio interface I tried. I was just trying the easiest, easiest to use ones. And um, the thing here is that it's one button. It has a mute button on the back. The entire backside is just a, a touch mute button. And it has one knob and it, it changes the volume of your microphone, your headphones, and then the mix. So whether you hear some of your microphone, your speakers um, from the computer, whatever sounds coming through or both, that's all it does. It's very, very well built, very simple to use. It plugs right into your computer. Um, you know, that's, that's as simple as it gets. I'm going to, you know, I do have a free gear guide. Um, I'm going to, in the show notes description, I'm going to put a link to that where you can download it. And I'll also put links to, you know, as much of this as I can, just depending on where you're, you're hearing this, listening to this. And, um, you know, this is, this is the podcast for you know, my soul podcast for the week. So it's, it's a little hard to talk too much gear without, um, you know, you actually seeing it. So if you are seeing this on Amazon or on YouTube, this is a little easier, but I'm going to do my best for the audio. Um, after the audio interface, you're really good. You need XLR cable, but as long as you buy decent XLR cable for you know, your microphone, you're okay. You don't need to go and spend a lot of money on that. Um, just make sure it's, it's not low quality. A low quality cable can make your sound worse, but a super high quality cable is not necessarily going to increase your sound all that much. So that is one thing I would say is, you know, know what to spend the money on and what not to sound is important. Do spend the money on sound. Don't buy a camera and get that all set up. Like, okay, cool. Well, I have a hundred dollars for a microphone. What do I do? No, no, you should, you need it to focus on sound first. Worst case scenario, which still actually works really, really well. Use your phone for the camera. Like I I've set up my camera or my phone before I had two cameras as my webcam. And I had people with, you know, $4,000 camera setups asking me what I use because it looks so good. And it's like, uh, my iPhone, like, no way. There's no way you're using an iPhone. Yeah, I am. And it, how I set up my lighting, how I set up everything, the angle, 
I had good technique with using the that as my webcam, and so it looked amazing. And and that was that was <laughs> you can make it look really good. So you, the problem is you can't do that with sound. There is no trick like that for sound. You do have to spend a little bit. So focus on your sound first. Focus on your microphone, and it'd be most of the way there. So next thing I do want to talk about. Um, I guess real quick note: if your space is echoey, if it's really noisy. You might need to do some things to kind of dampen that, to, to tone it down a little bit. I do have, you know, a lot of sound panels here in my, my studio. So I'm in a, it's about a 14 by 14 room. Um, I do have a, a little closet space in here, which is nice because of the amount of products I, I end up testing and get sent from brands. Um, but I do have nine sound panels. They're two foot by four foot all the way around the room. And I have three of them bolted together up on the ceiling. So I have six on the walls and then three on the ceiling. And that's part of why you get such good sound in here because it is hardwood floor. It's hard echoey walls. Like it, it sounded terrible when I first moved in here, but I do this professionally. This is, <laughs> I needed a good space that sounded good. And so that was a priority for you. That probably isn't a priority. It might be, you might need a studio space, but what you can do is set up something where it sounds decent while you're talking and then, and then get the best microphone that you can for the space. You want some noise rejection, things like that. And that, that'll make a huge difference for you. All right, so next, moving on for your video podcast, you know, the next thing obviously is making that video look great, making it look like you can watch it. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into good video. You're probably, if you're just getting started with this, you might be a little overwhelmed. You might think, ah, I can't do the editing, I can't do all these things. Put all that aside for a second. We'll talk about that. Just a few steps to make your video look really, really good. So step number one is we're gonna we're gonna fix your lighting. So we're gonna turn off that overhead light. You know, your your ceiling light, whatever kind of light you're using that's above your head, uh, we want all those off. And depending on your space, you might be okay. You might have a window just off to the side, and you know maybe it's it's 45 degrees, you know, so like kitty corner to you, and it get, it gives you this perfect light. So if you're watching the video, you see I have a light. It's actually right here. It's 45 degrees off to my right, and then 45 degrees up, and so that light shines. It's a nice big soft light. It gives really good light to my face. You can do that with a window if you're able to set up properly. If you can't, you're going to want to get some sort of studio light, a desktop light, a ring light will work for this. Um, I do recommend you know, getting you know, a studio light panel. There are things that you know clip onto your, your desk for if you have a really small space. Um, but I would recommend playing with your lighting. I, my favorite type of lighting, there are different types. Um, but it's three-point lighting. So I have this key light, is what it's called, off in the front. Then I have a fill light, so it actually shines a light on my shoulder. Gives me a little bit of um, separation from my background, but also lights up the dark part of my face. Because with it off, kind of have this like dark half-face Batman type look where it's really intimidating, and that's not what you want either. Um, but, I mean, that secondary light for you, maybe that's your window. Maybe you have a window on one side that's really dim, um, and you put a key light on one side and use the window on the other. Are your videos going to look different based on the light outside? Yeah, but that's okay. Like it's, this doesn't need to look amazing because as for your video podcast, like I mentioned, people are going to watch the first few minutes, make sure you have good video <laughs> on YouTube. That's just the way things go. And then after that, you know, they're going to probably turn off their screen, probably just listen, probably, you know, just, you know, listen along. Like if it's on their computer, they'll, they'll make sure that tabs open somewhere and just go about their day, do their thing. That's, that's kind of the level it's at for video podcasts. And I, I, I love that because editing is so much easier. 
again, we'll talk about that, but your lighting for that first few minutes, make sure it's, it's as good as you can. And then just, if the sun changes, it's fine. Just let it go. Um, and here I do have, you know, very controlled setting. So I'm able to do exactly what I want. Um, the light behind me is actually a RGB light. It's the same light as my fill light, which is, um, behind me. And then I would say maybe like 15 degrees back. So, um, to put that a little bit into perspective for you, I would say if you went directly to my left, you know, you'd have to go about five feet and then maybe two feet back. And, you know, it's raised up like six or seven feet high and shine down pointing on me to kind of give that separation. I'm trying to give you a visual if you're not watching this. Um, but then directly behind me, I have a blue RGB light and it's shining towards a photo backdrop. And this was really, I would, I had a studio set up in my mind, like the perfect studio. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far, but I wanted to interrupt to give you a gift. If time is one of the biggest obstacles that you have in creating more content, I've created a mini course to show you how to create 10 videos from 60 to 90 minutes of total effort during the week. The knowledge I share in this course is very valuable, but this one is on me. I want to help you to create more content and to make a bigger impact. If you go to gift.wearevideomakers.com, you can download your free gift. Now back to the show. And in order to get the background to look the way that I wanted, it's going to be over a thousand dollars. I was like, ah, my studios, I have too many other things that I need to set up too many other things that are more important. And so I'm, there's no way I'm going to spend that right now. It's fine. I'll, I'll do it later. And, uh, so I was like, okay, what, what can I do in the meantime? Well, my, my fill lights, I had two of them and they were RGB lights. So I love blue. Blue's my, my theme, my thing, my, my first YouTube channel, we painted the room Navy and then I would try to shine a blue light on the back to give this like essentially the effect that I have now. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm still going to do blue, got a blue backdrop, but if I turn the light, so it's not this bright blue, it, it kind of looks grayscale. And I've had it a few times where I forgot because every time you turn it on, it's white and you have to turn it to blue. I forgot to turn it to blue a few times and people are like, what'd you do to your background? It, it's different. And it's like, this is, it's become iconic. It has become like, if you're people on TikTok, when I changed my background a couple of times, like what happened? Where, where'd it go? It's like, where'd what go? Your background. It's amazing. Like, why is it different? Okay. People have latched onto this. It's become kind of part of my brand identity as far as the look. And so I'm just going to leave it. I'm not going to spend that thousand dollars. I'm going to, you know, it was a hundred dollar fix and you know, people love it. And it, it, the nice thing too, is if someone says, Hey, how can I get a setup like yours? I have a really small space. It is absolutely something not everyone can do. You do need to have some space, but it's much easier to do that than the other setup I was looking to do. And so it's like, okay, well I have a good setup and it's easier to help people to create this look. And so it was a win-win for me. So lighting, lighting is a little bit difficult. You're going to have to play with it quite a bit because you have different color temperatures and different you know, light intensities, like how bright it is. And you're going to have to get, you know, the one, two, three lights that you're using to work together. And that's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, you know, there, there are different, you know, a lot of lighting tutorials that you can do. I do have, um, actually I have another course that I'm working on. It's going to walk you through all of this, like what microphone to buy, how to set up your lighting, what lighting to get, what not to get literally everything, your camera, your computer. And so that's, that's I have a draft of it, but it, it wasn't a uh, positioned well. It's just kind of general advice. So I'm working on it now when that's out, I'll put that in the show notes, but, um, that that is probably one of the best ways you can spend some money on a course, especially if it's not too expensive. Um, because learning this setup does take some know-how. You need to watch some videos. It's a lot cheaper than hiring someone to help you, but it's also you know it is important to get this right because I've I've seen so many 
channels, so many video podcasts, that they really do have good content value. But the video or the audio is so bad that people can't watch it long enough to really, you know, connect with the creator or the person creating that content. Because, you know, if if you're creating a video podcast and that's really you know, who this these episodes are for, who this podcast is for, you want to build authority in your industry. You want to stand out for something. You want people to know you and think of you. And when they think of, you know, for me, like, hey, I need I need help with my YouTube channel and I'm a video podcaster. Oh, Zach. Zach Mitchum's your man. Um, that's that's all I can think of that he talks about. And I need to fix that. I've, I've, I was you know kind of being a YouTube coach, so to speak, and there's too many big, successful, famous YouTube coaches, and I can't compete with them. But if I'm the YouTube coach for video podcasters, I'm sure someone else out there talks about this. I don't know of any. I know of some that like cover these topics as part of what they talk about. But there is no one that just is the YouTube coach for video podcasters. And so if I can take up that little box in your brain of I am that person, it'll be a lot easier for you to remember me when someone asks you a question that's related. And you need to do the same thing. What is it that you're expert in and how can you take up one box in someone's mind? You're not the generalist on your topic. You are you know, the very specific expert. And if you're trying to do that, if your video looks terrible and your sound is so horrendous people can't listen, you've put up this barrier. You've built this wall that of saying, yes, I'm the expert, but are you really? You don't look like an expert. You don't sound like an expert. In person you might, but because you're not able to set up your video and your audio properly, people can't see or hear that you're an expert. They, they don't realize it because you've built this wall. And so we're trying to remove any barriers, any obstacles to people seeing you as the expert that you are. And so that's, it's absolutely essential. So lighting is important to get right. It's a little bit more nuanced and difficult uh, because you, you do have to set up some things and you do have to play around with it. And I've been on calls with people helping them for 30, 40 minutes trying to get things set up and we still didn't get it all the way there uh, because there, there's just so many variables that go into it. Um, that is, that is something I, I offer to do sometimes. It can get a little difficult, uh, so that's you know play around with it, try to figure it out yourself. And if you really can't, you know there there are resources. So the next thing, camera. This is the one that everyone is most excited for. Zach, what camera should I buy? I want my video podcast to just look absolutely incredible. I want it to be the best looking video podcast ever. And the thing here is there are so many different cameras. There are so many different opinions. And I used to recommend when you're first getting started a less expensive camera than the camera I got started with because it is cheaper and maybe a little bit easier to use, a little bit better autofocus, things like that. The problem is I've never used that camera. And while I've never had anyone I recommend get that camera, have it a bad experience, and you know, every time I watch reviews, people love it and they rave about it, I don't have personal experience with it. And so I've kind of taken a step back and saying, I should only recommend the things that I really know and maybe that means my camera recommendations are very, very limited for right now. Um, but honestly, I, I've done I've done my research. You, know, you heard me. I did 30 to 40 hours worth of research for microphones. I have done way more, way more research for cameras because a camera is a bigger investment. And the conclusion I've come up with, I'm still happy with. I don't think I would change anything. Even if you know, if you said, "Hey, we will swap you straight across. You can get whatever you want. You pick." I would still pick exactly what I have with the exception of, you know, my starter camera. I probably have two of my upgraded cameras. So that's the one exception. And, you know, I, I think I made a good choice that way, but it's because 
the brand and the cameras that I chose fit me and fit what I'm looking for. And so you need to find what works for you. I'm going to go through a couple of things here to look for when you're getting a camera, but you, you need to find what works for you. So number one, start with your smartphone. You know, if you're doing a live streamed um, you know, podcast, so for example, if you're using a software like Riverside um, to stream your podcast, there are other services. Riverside's the one I recommend though because of you know, there's a lot of reasons. Take my free course, you know, that gift.weareverydaymakers.com, and you'll, you'll see why. Um, it, I use that tool to help you to post 10 pieces of content a week in 60 to 90 minutes worth of work total, including recording your video podcast. It's, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Um, am I paid to say that? No. Have I used it and I absolutely love it? Yes. Um, in fact, I have, I think, two or three other streaming services, and I don't, I don't use them anymore because I'm focusing on the podcast. And if you want that video and audio quality, I, I don't know of a better option. So, you know, first, if you're using a software like that, you're interviewing guests, you need to have, you know, on the internet, that, that camera, you can't just record it. Use your smartphone. Um, you know, Elgato makes an app called Epoch Cam, and I'm sure there's other apps. I pay for this one. It was like $7, but it'll turn your smartphone into a webcam. And so, you know, I have the question all the time, well, I have the new MacBook, um, you know, isn't the face cam enough? I have the new MacBook as well, <laughs> you know, that, well, newer, it's the M1 Pro Max, um, and, you know, it, the M1 chip's great, the 1080p camera's okay, but nothing's going to beat the camera on your smartphone, unless your smartphone is, like, 10 years older than your, your computer, <laughs> like, it, it really, the cameras on phones anymore are just phenomenal, so use, whether you use Epoch Cam, that's just, I, I wanted to give you a resource if you have no idea how to do this, because it doesn't just connect and work as a webcam um, but use something to that effect and just set everything up for your smartphone um, you know make it easy leave a leave a tripod where you need your phone or a phone mount whatever it is that way it's easy to set up do I like that no that's why I have two cameras because <laughs> I I need it to be as easy as possible to come in here sit down and just hit record and so I have you know I'm actually doing a video right now where I'm going through my entire podcast studio it's gonna take a little bit because there's a lot in here, and I, I want to give you the basics. I don't want to give you all the things I'm testing because that is part of what I do. I want to give you, here's what I actually use, here's what I actually like, here's what's actually useful. And so I am making a video on that. That said, starting with your smartphone, it's a great option. I I like that my studio has plug-and-play. I can sit down. I do have to plug a couple of things in, but then I'm good to go. And I can just hit record or I can stream or I can whatever it is. I, I don't have to. Um, you know, do a lot to really start making content. Again, this is what I do full time. I'm chief social media officer at an agency where I create a lot of content. I'm over all the content. I have my YouTube channels. You know, any like anything I'm doing, it's content. I am creating content. I'm a content creator, <laughs> a little bit higher level, I guess now. Um, but I, I've had so many people like, you're the master of your craft. You're, you're so amazing. And I, I don't see myself that way. I'm like, man, like this, this color is off. That sound was off. Why didn't this go the way I wanted it to? There's so many different things where I could improve. And that, that should be the mindset that you have. If you can't look back six months and be like, man, my videos were terrible. You haven't improved enough. <laughs> like I still do that. And I've been doing this for years. I look back six months. I'm like, man, that was so bad. What was I thinking? And it's because I've learned, I've grown, I've focused, I've obsessed, I've obsessed, I, I, you know, I have Asperger's, so I do obsess over things, I have ADHD as well, makes me hyperfixate and obsess, which sometimes is a good combo, sometimes not so much, but, you know, I, I want things a certain, certain way, and 
do you need to obsess to that level? No, but I do think you should see every single video you produce, pick one thing, simple or complex, doesn't matter, make it 1% better on your next video and call it good. You do not need to make this a big deal, but you do need to always be improving just a little bit because one day you'll take your videos from looking pretty good and sounding pretty good to not only will people want to hear what you're the expert in in your field, but people will think you're an expert in video because you've become one, because you have the experience, because you've learned, even though you couldn't create those results in any situation, like you know, a wedding and then also in a dark lit room for a conference and then you know all these different situations, that doesn't matter. You've become an expert at getting amazing video, amazing sound in the space you're in, and you're the only one that's done that. So that I'd, that's important. That is something you need to focus on. So um, again, Start with your smartphone if you have the budget and you're like, Zach, I hear what you're saying. I, I like my smartphone. It's great, whatever. I want the best though. I Budget is not an item for me right now. Like I, I'm focused on getting the best that I can for the money. And so do I want to spend 10 grand on a studio? No. But do I want to you know, do it as cheaply as possible and just get mediocre results? Also no. And so if you're in that boat, here's a couple of things that I recommend. Number one, you need to spend enough on a camera to make your smartphone look bad. And so that does mean spending at a minimum, I would say about 800 to to $1,000 on a camera body. And so when you're setting up your camera, you need a camera body, you need a lens, and then depending on how you do your um, podcast, you might need a couple of other things. So um, first thing here, camera needs to be good enough. <laughs> make sure your smartphone look bad. My first camera was the Fuji XS10 and for entry level cameras, I would say that's one of the best options. There are some, definitely some other good options, but as far as the colors, how good it looks, the capabilities, it's my favorite. I still have it. If you are watching this on Amazon or YouTube, you can see this second angle here. This second angle is the XS10. I still have it. I don't plan on getting rid of it anytime soon. Um, one day I will have two of my, my A-roll cameras, my, my better cameras, but I don't need it. Like I thought, you know, when I got things set up, I would just keep pushing and pushing until it was perfect. 90, 95% of the way there. And I'm, I'm really content with how it looks. It looks phenomenal. And I really don't think I need to change much. Like there are companies that want to send me equipment. I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of really good. Like I like how this looks and sounds. I, I don't think I need, I, I don't need anything. So that's a good place to be. Good feeling to have. Do I want it better? Yeah. Do I want to test more things so you have more options? Absolutely. But I'm, I'm no longer have this like feeling that I have to keep pushing and, and making everything better because it just looks so good. So Fuji XS10, great option. The thing here is you are going to want to get a lens with this that you know works with your space, works with whatever you have going on. So there are a couple of options here depending on how much you want to spend. So you're, you know, $1,000 for the camera body. And again, if you're on YouTube, you are seeing what this looks like. Um, a couple of lenses that you can get. So number one, you can get a prime lens and I'm going to break all of this down for you. So it's simple. So you know which option to go with prime lens. It doesn't zoom. Um, so what that means is if you're, if you're not in the frame of the camera, if you need to zoom out, you need to move the camera further away from you, farther away from you. And so if you don't have the space, buying the right lens can make a huge, huge difference. And so there are a couple of lenses that I'd recommend. Um, if, if you want just the best quality lens period, get a Fuji lens. Don't, don't go with these off brands. At least that's my experience. I'm going to give you a couple of off brand suggestions, but if you're like, Zach, again, I want the best. You tell me, um, 
I would not recommend getting these off-brands. So the off-brand lenses that I have used and I do like, um, Viltrox makes some great lenses. If you're at um, like a 23 millimeter, usually that means the camera is about four or five feet away from you to get a good shot of you and what's behind you. Um, if you want the camera even closer, you're going to want like a 16 millimeter lens. And I'm not going to break down these measurements. I'm just going to let you know, here's what you need. We can talk about these a little bit more in depth, um, on, you know, different channels, YouTube, probably I need, I need to go. I'm going to do my video podcast setup. So, um, if you're on YouTube, you're gonna be able to see that thing here is that you need to work for the space that you have. Again, I have a 14 by 14 room, so I can move my camera a good ways away. So my main camera that I have is, you know, I can, I can reach out. I can literally touch the lens and you know, it's, it's arms reach. That's a 16 millimeter lens. And so it's a good length. If you want the camera within two and a half, three feet of you, um, if you know, further away, I, the other lens that I have on the XS10, it's actually, it's the same, uh, family of lenses because I've noticed <laughs> I noticed this. I don't know that anybody else did. Um, but when you mix the brands of lenses or the different kinds of lenses, the colors are a little bit off just because of the color of the glass, whatever it is. Um, so I had some cheaper prime lenses and now I have, it's the Fuji 50 to 140 F 2.8. It's an expensive lens, but it looks phenomenal. It looks so amazing. Good for pictures, all that stuff. So I would recommend start with maybe the Viltrox 23 millimeter or the Sigma 16 millimeter. If you just want it to be set up where it's at, you don't want it to go anywhere. You don't want to take it down for pictures. You don't want to, you're not going to be zooming in, zooming out with it. Um, save a little bit of money on your lens because at three, four, $500, a prime lens is going to look really, really good. Problem is it's not going to zoom. It's not going to do some of these other things. So you, you will want to understand like what, what's important to me. Do I, do I want to take photos with this camera? Do I want to have to move the camera to get things in frame? Um, I do love, so Fuji has their, it's like their top line of lenses. Um, you know, their red badge XF lenses. If you just want the best option possible, I would go with the 16 to 55 F 2.8 lens. Um, it's phenomenal. It is my main lens. I, it never leaves. Well, now it sometimes does leave my camera. It used to never leave my camera once I got it because I didn't have a lens that was better or worked well. And so, you know, I'll switch camera angles. So if you are watching, you see this, but, um, my main camera is the Fuji X-H2S and it has this 16 to 55. So if you're like Zach, I just want entry level camera. But I, want, I don't want to buy a bunch of lenses. I just want one lens does everything. It's amazing. 1655 is where it's at. Fuji X-S10, you should be good to go. You know, a couple of other things you'll need, but that is a solid, solid setup it is a bit of an investment. It really is. But again, you need to spend enough that it makes your iPhone or your smartphone camera look bad. And this, it does the job. It really does. Um, and you know, if you're out filming somewhere, you're gonna have to learn how to use it. Um, so maybe it won't look as good as your phone in some situations, but if you perfect, not even perfect, but if you improve and get your setup really, really good in your space, that camera is going to be a lot better than your smartphone. So, um, that is kind of the entry point of where I would go because otherwise I just use your smartphone until you can afford it. Next thing, if you're different camp, Zach, Hey, again, it's not that I want to spend less and get more bang for the buck. I just, I want the best. I don't care what it costs. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll help you out. Um, are there better cameras? Yes. But the, the higher in price you go often, the more complex you get. And so this is probably the highest I would go. It's exactly what I have. Again, I'm only going to recommend things that I 
I know I can trust, regardless of what reviews I may or may not have seen. Um, I have the Fuji X-H2S. Phenomenal. Just like the autofocus is amazing on it. Um, you know, one of the complaints with some of the Fuji cameras is autofocus. Not a problem. Everything about this is my favorite camera ever. Again, it has the 1655 on it. If that, if you just want the best of the best, that's what I would go with. 100%. No questions asked. Yeah. So that, that makes it easy. There are, again, there are other brands, other cameras. I'm, I'm not saying that you can't buy those, but what I am saying is I don't have enough experience with some of those other ones to say that they're better than what I have. And I love the colors out of this. So uh, those are my recommendations as far as camera goes. Now there are a couple of considerations that you're going to want to make if you are, if you're trying to, you know, use Riverside or you're trying to have a guest on your video podcast. One of the problems that I ran into and I've noticed other you know, creators, people with video podcasts running into is they'll have this nice camera set up. And then when they set it up as a webcam, it looks, it doesn't look as good as their normal webcam. It doesn't look as good as their smartphone and they can't figure out why. So one of the reasons why is that there's a lot of data coming out of your, your uh, camera and your computer can't pull it all in fast enough. So even if you have, you know, Fuji has a webcam software, it makes your face look really soft. It makes it look actually worse than my iPhone does when I have it set up as a webcam. So what you need here is it's called a capture card. Elgato makes one. It's called the CamLink 4K. You need this so that you can go HDMI out of your camera. So you need an HDMI cable, the, the right one. You know, most cameras don't have a full HDMI. Um, so you'll have to kind of figure this out. If you do get the XS10, you need a micro to full HDMI. If you have the XH2S, full HDMI to HDMI. So you can just pull a you know, a cable from your TV if you really wanted. And uh, you need to plug that into your computer. But what that does is it pulls in information fast enough that it looks crisp, that it looks amazing, that all this money that you've spent on getting a good camera is actually worth it. And um, I have had a couple of people that are like, it just, it doesn't look good. So what's the point? Or they're using some streaming service, you know, to stream their, their podcast. And it's not Riverside. Um, I really, I don't know if there's another competitor to Riverside that does exactly what this is, but it records the video locally. So that means on your computer and then your computer uploads the video and all of the, the different things to the place where you're going to download your, your video. So while your stream might not look great, your video, when you download it to post on YouTube or whatever it is that you're doing, looks phenomenal. And so you can spend a lot of money on your camera, but if you're, if you're live streaming with it and you're not doing it properly, you know, as far as like, you know, cam link or some, you know, making sure your internet is fast enough to actually handle what you need it to, different things like that. You're spending a lot of money that's not actually getting used. And that's, that's one of the hardest things. When we moved here, we upgraded our internet significantly. And so I had to replace everything, our modem, our router, like everything. It was expensive. It really was to be able to handle the speeds we have here. But I, I live stream weekly, multi, you know, at least three times a week. Um, I'm uploading large, large video files daily. And so I, I need the fast speeds. I, I can't do what I do without it. And so you need to determine, you know, maybe you do need to upgrade your internet or some of the equipment that goes into running your, you know, your internet to make these things work for you. And that is, that's kind of important. So, um, there's a lot that goes into this and I, I don't want you to be overwhelmed. This was you know an hour long of me chatting through some of the things and we do have some last tips for you so don't don't leave just yet but i want you to know that this is not an easy thing you know i've 
been in two different studio, well, I guess three different studio spaces now, and it's always a process to get it set up. It like this is the first time, and I've been doing this for years where I feel like my studio is. If it never got better than this, I would be okay with that. It's as no, it's is it perfect? No. Other things I can improve, yes. But I, I don't. I'm not focused on it anymore. I'm not obsessed with making you know those one percent improvements because most people aren't going to notice them. I will. But there's none of these little things currently, right now, that are bothering me enough <laughs> to, to put that time and energy and resources into. Um, I, you know, when I first started, um, you know, we are video makers and, and live streaming on Amazon. One of the things that bothered me was I have one microphone, and is that actually the best microphone? Sometimes it doesn't sound as good because it does pick up, you know, AC or whatever. And so I was obsessed about finding good microphones, and I want to find good budget ones and good expensive ones. So if you have a question, I can answer it. I kind of feel like I've scratched that itch a little bit. I, I can give you a pretty good opinion. And so I think I'm good. So for you, don't worry about knowing everything about video. Just worry about knowing everything about making your videos in your specific space as good as possible because that's all that really matters. For your video podcast, you want to remove those barriers and make sure that people see you as the expert that you are. So there are, there are so many other little toys that you can get um you know one of them if you are watching on youtube you've seen me switch this camera angle a couple times i'm using a yolo live pro box and so it can live stream from anywhere so if you have a wedding on the beach as long as you have either wi-fi or a sim card in it or i don't know how you're getting an ethernet cable all the way out there but if you could uh, you can live stream and you don't need a computer you don't need a bunch of other things is that essential no am i going to talk about it in my youtube video yeah because i use it all the time <laughs> But there, there are a lot of other things you could add to this. But at the core, you need a microphone that sounds really good in your space for your voice. You need lighting that makes your videos look good, whatever camera you're using. And then you need either a smartphone or a camera good enough that it makes your smartphone look bad. That's the basic. That's the core of this. That's it. Does it get more complicated than that? No. Does it get more in depth than that and like nitty gritty details? Sure. Yeah. Any topic does that. <laughs> But at the basic core, those are the three things that you need to have an amazing sounding and amazing looking podcast. It's not complicated. It is very simple, but just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. And, you know, I've made the mistake of using, using those terminologies in places where it was a little, uh, I don't know, triggering, I guess. But the thing here is that, you know, it, the definition of simple is essentially not complex. You know, is it is it complex what you need? Is it complicated? No, it's not. There's three basic things that you need. Is that make it easy? Easy doesn't mean complicated. Easy means how much effort is it gonna take to make this happen. No, it's not easy. Like you are gonna have to really focus on these and, and dial these in and be able to do these. You don't you don't need to understand them in great depth, but you do need to understand them well enough that your, your video podcast looks and sounds amazing. So um, you know, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I have tons of videos on you know, po at microphones. I'm, I'm pulling out and doing more on cameras, on um, lighting, different things like that. I really want my YouTube channel to be a good place, good resource for you to be able to set up things and find things that you need. And the podcast is to help you to grow your, your video podcast, whether it is on YouTube, that is on your podcasting apps, you know, however you're using this, I know you're running a business. You are, I don't know, maybe you're giving speeches at conferences or you're maybe writing a book. Who knows? You're, you're running a business of some kind and you can't, you can't afford to spend a lot of time on this. If you can afford to spend more money, 
you can hire people to do some of these things for you. You can save some time. But if you can't, you do need to be able to understand it well enough that you can set it up decently well by yourself. And so those are the, the basics of setting up your podcast studio. The last thing I want to leave you with is an action. I always want to leave my podcast, my videos, anything with an action. I don't want you watching my things and, and not actually improving and not committing to being better. Do I forget this sometimes? Absolutely. But I'm going to do it today. And my challenge for you is improve your sound. Pick one part of your sound and make it 1% better. Maybe that means you need to buy a new microphone. Maybe that means you need to buy a microphone. Maybe that means you need to learn how to use your microphone better because every microphone is different. Um, you know, this the microphone that I'm using right now is called a top end address microphone. And so the speaker that you know actually picks up the sound is in the, the top. So if I spoke into the side of it, it would sound pretty bad, even though it's a very nice, expensive microphone. And some of the microphones, you know, you do need to speak into the top. Others, you need to speak into a specific side. Some you can speak into any side, uh, but you need to learn what your microphone is and, you know, whether you're buying a new one or not, you need to understand what that is. But your, your technique, I guess, is maybe the best way to say this on using your microphone is just as important as the type and quality of your microphone. In fact, I would probably say more so because you can make a very cheap microphone sound phenomenal if you get everything else right. Now, a more expensive microphone will probably sound better in you know, all things being equal, but you have more control over how you use the microphone, the settings, different things like that. And so you know, focus on that. Focus on what you can control and make your sound 1% better this week. So um, you know, I'm really, really excited for uh, all of the things we have going on here. You know, it, it's been exciting to have this podcast. We've had a lot of different guests on. And actually, I want to leave you with um, you know, a little bit of a heads up. Next week, we are going to have a special guest here on the podcast. And it looks like we're having Sev back next week. And we're going to be talking about, it is you know a guest podcast, but he's actually interviewing me. He's asking me, how do I grow on YouTube? You know, he is a TikTok creator, and he's created quite, quite the audience. I mean, he has 1.1 million on TikTok. And he's really built an amazing you know, um, agency and business around the influence he's had on TikTok. And if you didn't listen to the podcast episode with him, go ahead and go back and listen to that. I believe it's, it's either episode one. I think it's episode one, actually, this podcast. So um, phenomenal tips if you want to learn how to grow on TikTok. Um, but then he's going to come and flip the tables on me in the next episode. So make sure you tune back in on Friday and uh, you'll be able to to hear some of his questions that he has as a big content creator. So you know, go out there, make some videos, record that video podcast, and show people that you are the expert in your field that you know you are. And uh, I'll see you in the next one. Hey, everybody, have a wonderful day. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already listened to some of the past episodes, I wanted to give you a couple of options. So here are a couple of guest episodes that you might like. On episode one, we learned how Sev grew to 1.1 million followers on TikTok. Episode three, how to make money streaming on Amazon Live. Episode five, we learned how Chris Doe grew to 2 million subscribers and what he would do if he were starting over in 2022. Episode seven is how an 18-year-old built a five-figure a month business on TikTok. And episode nine is how to grow and monetize your podcast. I hope one of those sounded interesting to you. If they did, I'll see you in the next episode. If not, make sure to go to the show notes and connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know who my next guest should be.